Welcome to BFR Radio, a podcast dedicated to all things BFR. This podcast is proudly sponsored by sportsrehab.com.au, where if you want to buy your own BFR cuffs or you want more information about the type of training or you just want more information, this is your one place to go. And I'm your host, Chris Gavilio. Thanks again for joining me on this month's episode. In the last three episodes, we've delved into the Upper Body BFR mini-series. In particular, we looked at article reviews with respect to muscular benefits of BFR bench press and bicep curls. And the last episode, we looked at how it could be used to improve recovery from a hand fracture, or more so improving pain and function with the addition of BFR to a normal rehab program for a hand fracture. And for today's episode, like they say, variety is the spice of life. So we're going to take a small break from the mini-series. We're actually going to go into your questions answered. And although this wasn't a specific your questions answered, I do get a lot of questions from people out there like yourself who have actually got their own question. And afterwards, I sat down and I wrote some notes and I thought I'd actually formulate it into this episode you've got here. The question I have today is from an athletics sprints coach, and he has an athlete who has a foot fracture of the navicular bone. Now, this can be a quite a serious injury if not looked after properly. His question was around how he could use BFR within his rehab and return to run program. With respect to this injury, I'm going to be talking about the affected limb, and that's going to be the foot that has the fracture. And then I'm also going to be talking about the good limb, which is what can we do there. Probably not the best terminology, but just to keep it pretty simple for today. In the acute stage, the affected limb is in the boot. And the first areas we're going to explore is the area of strength training. If we're able to go to the gym, I'd be training both limbs differently. I'd be training the good limb as heavy as we can, maximizing strength development and and also trying to take effect of the contralateral strength effects. So that's where the strength effects from one side can have a potential benefit to the other side. So while I'm talking about the good limb, the exercises that I'd be utilizing here is all single leg, single leg press, single leg squat in a Smith machine. If we're looking towards a body weight option, something like a pistol squat could be quite effective. But if we're looking at something a little bit more high load, which is something that I would be advocating that if you do have one limb that's injured, we train it as hard and as heavy as we can. And also isometrically, either holding or pushing. I've actually touched a lot on the incorporation of isometrics in particular with BFR in training to great effect for both the good and also the affected limb. So there's actually some really great performance benefits with including isometric work. And you could also perform single leg ancillary exercises of the calf and the hamstring. Going back to the affected limb, what can we be doing in the gym? So we can't put any pressure on the foot in this acute stage. So your machines are going to be your friends at this point. BFR leg extension and leg curl. You could be actually be using quite heavy loads here, but if in that acute stage you just want to be a little bit more careful, you could be using high repetitions. But look, at the same point, you could still use BFR with more moderate to higher loads as well. So you don't have to be restricted to using a 75 rep protocol or three sets of 15. If your gym has a hip machine, you could do hip flexion where your good leg is actually on the ground. This is the position would be that single leg stance in running and the affected limb would be doing all the work on the hip flexors. Hamstrings, once again, if we're on the leg curl, we could be performing something there. 
But also if you have two benches, you could potentially be looking at doing an isometric hold for time and then putting load or dumbbells onto your stomach or hips to actually increase the difficulty of this exercise. If you're a little bit worried about the pressure potentially through the foot, you could actually be just using the calf for the bench in this point. Kneeling quadruped hip extension. I do remember reading an article somewhere about this exercise having really great glute activation. And it's pretty simple. You've got the BFR cuff on and the weight of the boot as you're pushing your heel up to the ceiling would actually be enough load for this exercise. In respect to the calf, there's not a lot we can do in this initial phase. The first one would be just isometric squeezes with the BFR cuffs on. So you're just squeezing the calf muscle, putting no force at all through the foot and just holding that. For time, where you would start at five seconds, build that up to 10 and do multiple repetitions. But a more ideal scenario would be actually to combine BFR and the use of electromuscular stimulation, EMS, where a Compex or something like a Powder would be absolutely perfect here. There was a really great ACL paper where they had the combination of BFR and electromuscular stimulation, and that had really great effect on the VMO. So you could actually apply that concept into the calf. As you start to progress out of the boot, I'd still continue with a lot of single work. If we refer to the affected limb, it would be a gradual reloading of single leg exercises. And this would be in a normal type of rehab program anyway. But the advantage once again here is that the BFR cuffs, you don't have to use as much load to regain that strength and muscle size. But the other benefit here is decrement in pain. And as I spoke about in the last podcast where they looked at the use of BFR, in the rehab program of hand fractures that the response was pretty much the same as to whether you used BFR or not, but they had significant decrements in pain. And I, I think that's really important when anyone's going through any kind of training program, let alone a rehab training program, is the ability to decrease pain. And therefore, I think that it increases the likelihood for the person to keep training and that they actually feel like they're getting some kind of major benefit, not only around their training program, but around general living. And I think that we need to take that in consideration as well, that it's not just about the training program, but it's how can we improve their quality of life. The other strength work that they can be doing is the ancillary strength training, and especially calf strength in this phase is really important. And again, using BFR to regain strength, I think can be used to great effect here. One paper that I'd like to actually quickly refer to, which I think fits really well into this concept of using BFR on the thighs while still doing your ancillary work, it was a 14-week training program and they compared low-load BFR calf raises, that's in seated and standing, versus a more traditional high-load program. Same exercises, but one was with a low-load using BFR cuffs and one was using a much higher load percentage RM that we would typically use. The low load BFR, what they were actually able to show was increases in Achilles tendon cross-sectional area and strength, as well as calf cross-sectional area and also plantar flexor strength. Therefore, this fits perfectly when you're starting to rehab your athletes or your clients, is that after they're coming out of the boot, and they're actually even walking around, but they're performing their calf raises, even if it's assisted calf raises, is that you should be putting the calf on straight away. 
And remember that you're not going to necessarily see the results really quickly, but referring back to the article, it was a 14-week study. And I think that's what we're going to remember with tendons in particular, is that it's a long-term process. Couple that with reductions in pain, I think we have a really good outcome here. On the good limb, you would continually do your heavier loaded work. And remember once again, that contralateral strength training concept. So I would still keep going really heavy on that good limb. I really don't think we're going to be seeing massive differences in the actual muscle cross-sectional area if you're doing heavy loads on one leg and lighter loads on the other. I think the two will definitely balance themselves out, but I think what it will do is it'll set you up much better when you start to transition to bilateral heavy load lifting. With respect to the upper body in all kind of phases, if you don't have upper body cuffs, you could actually just keep the lower body cuffs on whilst performing your upper body exercises. And if I could refer to an article by Christian Cook, and I'm pretty sure I actually reviewed this paper where they trained with the BFR cuffs on the thighs. They did a five by five program at 70% of 1RM. They did squatting, but they also performed bench press and chin-ups. Now, although they had the cuffs on the thighs, they had improvements in their bench press 1RM, which shows the systemic effects of using BFR cuffs had a positive effect on the upper body. During this rehab process is a great time to be actually working on some upper body strength parameters. Just put the BFR cuffs on the thighs and potentially we could be seeing a much better effect on our upper body training. If we move on to conditioning and as we're able to progress to, if we now just focus on the conditioning aspect of our training, as we progress to being able to gently load through the boot, here's some ways that we can utilize BFR. The first phase would be the off-feet conditioning. And in particular, the bike would be one of our first areas that we would start focusing on. And there's actually some really great research on the use of BFR cycling around low intensities, improving strength, muscle cross-sectional area, but also VO2 max. And also you can use it in more high intensity work. And I've actually personally used it with myself and one of the athletes that I do the strength training for, she's a 100 and 200 meter sprinter. And she just recently qualified for the Tokyo Olympics. Very exciting times for her. She actually had a fracture in the lower limb and we progressed into doing some high intensity BFR bike work. And I tell you what, it was really tough, but she came out at the other end much better for it. And I think when you get an athlete, especially in that acute phase where you're just doing low intensity bike work, this is where it has really great effect. The athlete will just be turning their legs over, not getting much out of it. However, just the simple addition of adding BFR cuffs, they feel like they're getting some kind of physical benefit out of it. I think that's really important. As we progress from the bike, we could be looking at how we could be using the cross trainer so there's still no impact. And we could be training at more moderate to high intensities here. And this would be once we're out of the boot and we're actually able to put body weight through the foot and we're getting that continual force as we would normally get exposed to in running. So I think moving from the bike onto a cross trainer is a really nice transition here before we start running. And then I've used BFR in the rehab sense with a lot of walking programs and also walking drills. In particular with walking drills, with relation to sprinting, you can actually then progress to doing drills with the cuffs on. 
And then when you then move on to your return to run programs during that rehab phase, you could actually use BFR during the warm-up to improve muscle activation as well as your anabolic hormone concentrations. In other words, you're able to better set up the session. And this could actually be done in several different ways. You could be using it as a small, simple activation session consisting of different exercises and then moving on to doing some form of walking drills or some form of running drills and some slow jogs take the cuffs off and then complete the rest of the session with no BFR on. That's some really simple ways. That's a really quick overview on how you can use BFR in both the strength and the conditioning space. Now, once the athlete is back to full training, the bulk of the BFR training is actually done. However, you can still use it systematically to great effect and obviously get good continual use out of your BFR cuffs. In particular, there's four areas that I want to briefly just mention here. The first area is around warm-ups in both the gym and the sprint sessions. And with this, you could primarily target the major muscle groups and create a simple circuit that can include exercises such as squats, lunges, hip extensions with a hamstring or a glute focus, and also add in some calf raises. Three sets of increasing pressure will provide you with a great warm-up activation prior to the start of your sprint-specific warm-up or alternatively, your gym program as well. The use of BFR passively where you inflate it and deflate it for set periods of time, this concept is called ischemic preconditioning. This has actually been shown to have positive performance effects, more so from a cardiovascular output type of performance. If you look towards literature, they talk about inflating the cusp for three to five minutes and then deflating it for another three minutes and doing this for three to five sets. This is quite a long period of time, and I've actually used this with a lot of athletes that I coach, and I tend to use what I call my social media protocol, and that's two minutes on, one minute off. You inflate the cusp for two minutes, deflate it for a minute, and repeat that three times. And go to pressures, same as what you would do in training, or slightly higher by another 10 to 20 mils of mercury. We don't want to go to full occlusion, which is what some studies do but a slightly higher pressure here could yield you better effects. The third area of how you can continue using your BFR cuffs once your rehab process is finished is around strength sessions. In particular, during periods of deload and the competitions, during periods of deload, this may be a down week or times when you want to decrease your total percentage RM loadings. Or in other words, you want to just decrease your mechanical stress a little bit. A side note here is that some athletes actually can struggle post-strength training sessions, which may have a knock-on effect to the subsequent running sessions. Now, this could potentially be due to they're just trying to lift too much load or too much mechanical stress on the system. So firstly, in my opinion, strength sessions should complement the upcoming sprint sessions and also take into consideration immediate previous sprint sessions. And if your athletes are actually pulling up really sore from their strength training session and it's affecting their consequent sprinting session, I really think you should look towards your strength session and how you could adjust it accordingly. And therefore, I think this is where BFR could potentially fit really well. You could decrease the percentage RM. So instead of trying to go for a 80, 90% plus RM lift, you could decrease it to around 70% of your repetition maximum use the BFR cuffs, and here the athlete's still getting sufficient mechanical stress to get the adaptations that they need, but it's the addition of the BFR cuffs provides the additional total stress, although it is metabolic, 
to still maximize your gains. And the fourth area, which I have read some papers and I haven't reviewed yet, is around recovery. And some research has actually shown good effects of using passive BFR post-testing and subsequent testing the next day. This could potentially come into this ischemic preconditioning space. Is it improved recovery or is it potentiation for the following day? Not quite sure, but there has been one study in particular where they tested and they did their ischemic preconditioning protocol after it and they had better testing results the next day than if they didn't do it at all. There's something potentially that could be used to great effect. But I think with all of this, there is actually a high level of individuality. And I've spoken about this a lot on my podcast is with BFR training, when we're talking about elite athlete populations, there's going to be responders and non-responders. And therefore, I think it's the protocols that you use need to be adapted specifically to what you're trying to get out of it with that athlete and also to the athlete. But back to the original concept of using it in this acute stage of this stress fracture, I truly believe that in the acute stage, we should be incorporating BFR to ensure that we don't lose as much strength and hypertrophy prior to returning to full training. With respect to potential improvements in bone reformation, will the BFR cuffs accelerate healing time? This is too hard to tell, but with the other positive effects with using BFR in the ways that I've described, hopefully you can see that there are too many advantages to not include it into your training regime. That's where I'm going to leave it for today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you know of someone who has a similar kind of injury and would benefit from listening to this episode, please share it. If you are actually going through the same injury and you want some guidance on how you could be using it in your own training, I could actually help you with that as well. So please contact me via my website or DM me through my socials on Twitter or Instagram, which is at Chris Cavillio. Also, there's loads of information on my website, which is sportsrehab.com.au and I also have a YouTube channel, which is Sports Rehab Oz. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week when we're going to get back into the upper body mini series. Good luck with your training and remember to keep the pump.